the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. You don't have Arthur Idala, but you do have me, Imran Ansari. I am filling in. I got big shoes to fill tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Filling in for Arthur Idala, who is having some quality time with his son uh, down on a beach somewhere in Florida. Uh, so you're stuck with me, uh, Imran Ansari. And you may recognize my voice, or you may not. Uh, I am uh, the legal night guest with the great Kevin McCullough. Uh, on his show, uh, where I break down all the legal news with Kevin. Uh, and I get the opportunity to fill in tonight for Arthur Idala. Arthur is a brother from another mother to me. He is not only a colleague, we are law firm partners, but he's also a dear friend and a mentor. And I get to sit in his chair tonight uh, and do the Idala Power Hour. And we're going to be talking about all things New York in terms of the biggest, latest news that is concerning our great city. And I have a great guest tonight, Chris Hansen. You know that name. is He is from uh, the To Catch a Predator fame. We're going to be talking tonight uh, about his history as a TV journalist and also now his new ventures with his podcast, his YouTube show. And really, uh, the guy was on the cutting edge of true crime and reality TV with that great uh, To Catch a Predator uh, show on Dateline. We're going to be talking about that and all uh, his other latest ventures. But I do have to talk about what happened last week uh, in terms of AM 970. And we had a great night, a wonderful night, Friday night at the quintessential New York iconic Sardis, where Kevin McCullough uh, broadcast live with Christine Nicholas and, and was talking about the comeback of Broadway uh, and the importance of Broadway. And it was a wonderful, wonderful event. I have to say hi to uh, Padre Lou and Chicky Idala. That's Arthur's parents. They were there, uh, of course. And Kevin had a great show from Sardis. I had to give some recognition to that because that sort of kicked the weekend off uh, in a right way. And now here we are on Tuesday. Uh, you know, here on the Idala Power Hour, and I'm going to be talking about uh, some of the things that are concerning uh, New Yorkers uh, today and this week. Uh, and that would be probably the biggest concern right now for a lot of people here in New York is safety, crime. Uh, I've been talking a lot about it with Kevin McCullough on his show. Uh, and today was the kickoff of Mayor Eric Adams' initiative to clean up the subways. And that is something that he is doing with the backing of the governor, uh, Kathy Hochul. And it is a plan to get into the subways, 
uh, with law enforcement and homeless outreach individuals and try to clean up uh, the subways. And that is something that is affecting all of us New Yorkers. Um, the subway is the central nervous system, I like to think, or the circulatory system of the city. It's the way we get around. It's the way we, we see each other, each fellow New Yorkers every day. We get to work. We take our kids to school. We, we, uh, we come home at night after a long day of work. And the last thing you want to do when you get on the subway is feel scared for your safety. Um, and it's really taken another level uh, since the pandemic. And now Eric Adams uh, is coming in with initiative to get into the subway systems uh, and, and clean it up. So there's going to be uh, outreach workers, NYPD, and people really looking uh, to get in and clean up the system. But we are off, uh, at least today, to a rocky start. And I'm not saying that's it's not going to be a successful initiative. Uh, I want Eric Adams to really succeed with this. Uh, and we all want Eric Adams to succeed with this, but it's been a rocky start. Today, there were a lot of uh, uh, certain incidents and crime in the subway. Um, but we are hoping that this really takes a turn because, uh, again, when we, we get to work in the subways. We, we really live in the subways in many ways here in New York. And a, a New York without a safe subway system is a New York which is hobbled, right? It's, it's a New York which you can't uh, – it's not New York. We, we depend on that public transportation in so many ways. Uh, and really this – Eric Adams has come in. He's saying he's going to tackle crime. He's going to clean up the city. And I would say the litmus test, the test here is if the New York City subway system can be cleaned up because I take the subway to work every day. Each morning, my wife, my five-year-old, they get on the subway. Uh, my wife goes, commutes to, to the school where she works, the same school where my daughter goes uh, to school. And I'm afraid when, he, when they get in the subway system, they go very early on. And right now, it's just not a safe place to be. Uh, and we want this to work. We want this to be a safe city. Uh, and we want Eric Adams to succeed. And I'm hoping that this initiative is going to bring him to that uh, level. And I'm sitting here in the studio. I got Chris Hansen. I got our great PA, Alex. And I also have our marketing guru, uh, Joni Pelzer, associate producer here. And Joni, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you because you've been um, having certain experiences in the subway. Uh, I remember when you came to the law firm one day and you were shaken up. You, were, you, you seemed scared. You, you literally, to me, you, you were shaking. And it was something that happened to you in the subway. And it's something that I could relate to. You know, I get on the subway and sometimes you see someone who, who seems to have some mental health problems, is homeless, and we have compassion for those people. Listen, those people are suffering in their own right. Uh, but we also want to be free uh, from harm and, and out of the zone of danger, if you will. And a lot of times you get on a subway car these days uh, and you see someone and you feel frightened uh, for your safety. And that's something that you really don't want to be facing when you're, you're commuting to work or taking your kids to school or just going shopping uh, in another area of New York City. But I want to I want what happened to you? Because I remember that day and you seemed really shaken up. 63rd and 2nd Avenue. And I was going to you guys at the office on a Friday morning. And all of a sudden, I'm waiting for the train, almost an empty platform, a couple of people. And all of a sudden, this woman is getting out of the car. I'm waiting to go in. It was one of those days where you just didn't have your phone out. 
You had your senses about you. You were paying attention. And I thought I banged into her. It turned out she came out barreling and looked at me and crooked her fingers and said, you, I'm going to get you. And I'll never forget that feeling. And it was horrible. And she pushed me, big woman, and she pushed me into the door of the car. And I scraped my whole arm and I was bleeding against the window ledge. Mm -hmm. And then she decided she was going to say those words again. You, I'm going to get you. And she started following me and cat and mousing me on and off the train. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm like, wow. <laughs> it comes back to yeah. you. It actually comes back to you. I'm getting really upset even thinking about it wow. right now, to be well, honest. I mean, um, well, you know, Joni, your really reaction sucks. right now, your reaction right now is, is something that New Yorkers are facing. I'm sorry. You take a moment. I mean, that shows Joan, Joan's reaction right now shows how this is such a problem, a real problem that we New Yorkers are dealing with. And, you know, you get wrapped up in the politics of things. And these are the issues, the quality of life issues that really affect people in a city. Uh, yeah, there's uh, agendas, there's there's bills, there's laws that may be on the uh, or policies that politicians talk about. But this is something that's really real and that affects each and every one of us New Yorkers on a daily basis, and even if you don't live in the city, you know, you're commuting in from New Jersey, Connecticut, you get to uh, Grand Central, you get to Penn Station, and what do you see? You see a lot of homeless people, and I'm saying again, I'm not saying there's no compassion for these individuals, but we need to recognize when that sort of overflows into a, a problem uh, that is affecting New Yorkers uh, on a daily basis. But no more what? smoking, no more drugs, no more <laughs> sleeping, no more doing barbecues in the subway system. No more just doing whatever you want. That's what Eric Adams said at a press conference. Those days are over. And we're hoping this initiative works. We're hoping that we are safer here uh, in New York City. But you know uh, what, Imran, what you said I'm upset about this, but you know what? I am going to ride that subway. This is my city. Absolutely. And we need that ridership, right, Joe? Because we, 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 we want the New, New York to thrive, to flourish, to get back on its feet after perhaps an administration yeah. that let it fall down, uh, after suffering from the pandemic. Uh, and we want New York yeah. to be alive, robust, uh, and, and the New York that we all love. Uh, and if you don't have ridership on the subways, yeah. that's a big sign of, of a problem. So we're hoping that this is going to be something that has a real initiative because it's something that affects each one of us New Yorks on a daily basis. Absolutely. And we have to be safe. Absolutely. You know, and there's a uh, people want a safer city. Um, they want a safer city. And that's also there's another piece of news, a headline that came down today. Uh, and it was that 65 percent of New York voters Back stricter bail law. And that was a poll that was taken uh, and you, of, of not just New York City, uh, residents of New York City, but people all across the state. And bail reform has been a, a, a problem in terms of, uh, you know, dividing people in this state, in this city, uh, because there's been an initiative uh, that a law passed. Uh, in terms of bail reform, but that may have caused a problem. And that's something we're going to talk about on the other side of this break. And again, Chris Hansen is joining me tonight. We're going to talk to him also about everything he's up to. So stay tuned. Is your husband or wife in a hospital or a rehab center? Are people telling you that they are not eligible for Medicaid? 
the cost of a nursing home is a staggering $500 a day. If you do the math, that's $15,000 a month. Are you frightened about bankruptcy just to pay the medical and facility bills? Don't panic. Just call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. These attorneys really know their stuff. They've been doing this for 40 years. They've helped hundreds and hundreds of people just like you with the same thing you're going through. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for, and they'll also help you devise a plan to avoid such dire financial news. Call Connors and Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer. Call 718-238-6500-718-238-6500. As you know, they have offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. It is never too late. The time to act is now. So don't wait. Call Connors and Sullivan today, 718-238-6500. You will be so glad that you did. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. Okay, welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour, but I'm not Arthur Idala, I'm Imran Ansari. Uh, I'm filling in for Arthur as he is away, uh, so I have the great honor of sitting in his chair, and hopefully, hopefully I'm captivating you as he uh, captivates you each and every night on your commute home. And let's talk about a commute home. We were just talking about uh, the subway and subway safety and Eric Adams, Mayor Adams' initiative to make the subway safe again. He's got the backing of Governor Hochul on that initiative. But there's one area where they split, and that would be bail reform. So Eric Adams is saying that there needs to be a revision of the current bail reform law that is on the books. Uh, Kathy Hochul saying not so fast and doesn't think it needs to be revised just yet. Uh, and But Eric Adams is recognizing that There is a issue with the bail reform law uh, in the sense that judges and I'm a former prosecutor. I was in the trenches in court. I was there making arguments uh, for bail uh, as a prosecutor and watching judges make the very careful consideration uh, as to when when to set bail, when to uh, remand uh, or when to let someone out on their own recognizance. But right now that that has sort of been taken away from judges. And some judges are saying, well, give us back the discretion to set bail when necessary, because, uh, you know, there are certain circumstances where someone should not be on the street because they are a danger not only to others but even themselves. So uh, that is something that we're also going to be keeping tabs on along with the subway safety crackdown that uh, Eric Adams is is putting in in effect uh, as of today. I'm going to bring in my great guest. I have Chris Hansen with me tonight. Chris Hansen, you know him. from uh, To Catch a Predator fame, but that's just only – that's scratching the surface of what Chris uh, does as a Emmy Award-winning journalist uh, and also now has a great podcast YouTube on YouTube, everything. He's got a lot of things going on. We're going to talk about that. But before we do that, I want to talk to Chris a little about what we're talking about, and that's safety here in New York. Chris, what do you think about these initiatives going well, on? Well, it, it's important to make the subways safe. You know, I take the subway virtually every day here in New York City, and – 
I have my wife on the subway and my kids on the subway. Now, what happens because of all the crime we've seen and the leniency that we've seen over the past, you know, eight years or so, every time you get on the subway, it's one big threat assessment, right? And I don't scare easily. I've been a crime reporter for 40 years. I've been around the world. I've been in dark places and difficult situations. So I don't scare easily. But I was coming out of the subway a week ago in Soho, 7.20 in the morning, going to the trainer. And I've got my earphones on, and I'm rocking out to the Rolling Stones. And, and a guy comes up as I'm coming out of the subway station and grabs my arm. Now, this guy almost ended up down the stairs back in the subway. <laughs> and all he wanted was a photo with me because he recognized me. This was a guy who followed my yeah. work. And he almost got punched. Right. And I, I looked at him and he said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to grab you. I said, no, 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 we're good. And we took the photo and chit-chatted for a minute and off I went. But that's how paranoid people are in the subway. You see routinely fair jumpers, turnstile jumpers. And it may seem harmless until you... Think about the stats. And former police commissioner Bill Bratton pointed this out in an op-ed piece recently. One out of seven turnstile jumpers has a warrant out for their arrest. And one out of 20 turnstile jumpers is carrying a weapon, a gun, a knife, a box cutter, or something like that. So that's who it is. But it's become so normalized. I was in the subway on a weekend a couple weeks ago, and I saw six or so young women probably not 20, 15, 16 years old, beautifully dressed, designer clothes, and each one of them slipped over the turnstile without paying. It wasn't because they didn't have the money. They had their parents' credit card in their purse right. or their pocket. They could have touched it and gone. They did it because they knew that they could. It was fun. It was flagrant, but it's an absolute disrespect for the law. If I caught one of my kids jumping a turnstile, <laughs> I would whip their <laughs> tail. No, absolutely. And Chris, I mean, that's fascinating because you're you've been in war zones. You've covered wars. Yeah. You've been, I mean, you, you're uh, you're the, the you're, war on crime, the war on terror. Ex for sure, yeah, exactly. But, yeah. So you know, I mean, uh, you you've been a, a, a journalist who's covered the. Well, I've done it for forty years. Yeah, right? right. So not much scares me. I'm at a point in life where I, I don't have panic attacks anymore. Yeah. But when I get on a subway, I'm looking around. Right. I'm watching. You know, and when you see. Someone And again, you mentioned earlier, you can't blame all this and you can't paint the homeless with one brush. Look, it's horrible, I'm sure, to be homeless. It's horrible to have mental health issues. But we as a city have to come up with a solution and a place and a means for these people to get help, to get better, to go to a place because they can't be on the street. Otherwise, you have the situation we had a few weeks ago on the subway where a woman was pushed to her death. A woman who had volunteered her time to raise money to help the homeless herself was killed by a man who was homeless and obviously mentally ill. The woman in Chinatown who was murdered in her own apartment. They just had a vigil and a run last night. These things shouldn't happen. These are the easy things to fix. And it goes back to what happened in the previous administration where we stopped uh, being aggressive with people who are committing minor offenses at five and six in the evening and taking them off the streets before they committed a more violent felony at 11 or midnight. It's just the way it is. Jack Maple knew this. Bill Bratton knew this. 
and it's called Comstat. And Eric Adams, I believe, knows this as well. Yeah, yeah. And so he's got to do this difficult dance in some ways between ensuring everybody's civil rights and making sure people aren't profiled unjustly and cracking down and creating a safe environment in the city. And he understands the importance of corporate involvement. And I think one of the things that the pandemic did with so many people working remotely has raised the question, okay, do we need to be back in the city? And if there's any sense that they're going to have riots again, they're going to board up Nordstrom's, they're going to be kicking in the windows in Soho at the designer stores, and people are going to be grabbing merchandise and running out of these places, and it's happening all over the country, then people are going to be nervous about coming back into the city. You know, and we can't have that. That's the, that's the economic lifeblood of what is New York City, whether right. it's Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, or the Bronx. Yep. I mean, listen, I've always said New York is the capital of the world. A yes, lot of people say, absolutely. Well, you know, think about John Lennon. You know, he said, if, if I was going to live, uh, uh, you know, back in the times of Rome, I forget what the exact quote was, I would live in uh, Rome. But now New York is the new Rome. It's right. the center of the world. It absolutely right? We is. can't let New York go down. And Eric Adams is saying also that. He wants people to come back yeah. into the offices. When I go to the office, uh, my, my office is on Fifth Avenue and 45th, I look across at the office across the street, and I remember seeing people at their desk, uh, you know, up and down those windows, you know. Now I just see empty offices, and it's so depressing. You know, and that's not going to be good for anyone. It's not going to be good for New York. It's not going to be good for the economy of the country as a whole, because that's showing, uh, you know, what's happening in those buildings. That's high-stakes real estate, you know, that is going empty. People need to come back, but they're not going to come. Like you say, Chris, people are not going to come back if they don't feel safe. I have the benefit of seeing this from two different angles. As somebody who lives in New York and works in New York and has been based here for essentially 30 years, and someone who is from the Midwest, who has a home in Michigan. My wife and I are both from there. We have kids who are in college there still. And I have an adult child who lives in Brooklyn, another one who lives in Orlando, Florida, who's also a reporter. And so you see it from all angles, and you see people in the Midwest afraid to come here because they see the stories about the subways, and you worry that people are afraid to come to New York. And just when you think you're turning a corner, you see what we did see earlier this month with this poor woman being killed in Chinatown and so many others. you know. And again, we're laser focused on the subway right now. So any little thing that happens is going to get a lot of attention because Eric Adams is going to be judged in this early stage of his administration by how he handles his problem. Yeah. And, you know, I think he does, you know, it's indicative. He recognizes the practical problem here. I think he does. Yep. You know, there's a lot of people, if you bring politics into it, there's some people uh, on a, a theoretical or ideological sort of basis uh, in terms of certain ways of policing. And I get that. There's problems in law enforcement. You can't turn a blind eye to certain things in law enforcement which are problematic. But you also can't uh, take away law enforcement. You can't defund the police. You can't. Those aren't practical no. solutions. And you don't hear a lot of those chants anymore. No. Know. Yep. That, and mayors in many big cities now have sort of drawn back or dialed that back because it doesn't. it's not a practical solution. It's not a practical solution. And... Also, people want to be safe, whether you're uh, living in Staten Island, whether you're living in Harlem, you're living in Inwood or the Bronx, people want to be safe. So, so that is something that, uh, you know, I think is a practical, practical uh, consideration. And again, you make the city safe. I think you're going to see more of those corporations saying, all right, you know, Zoom is great and all, but it's time to get back into the office. We need to be face yeah, to face. Exactly. exactly. You can't I replace agree. that. You can't yeah. replace that. Um, 
so Chris, I mean, that's great, great insight, you know, and, and you have, you are uh, the true crime, in my opinion, uh, pioneer, okay? So when we get back, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about all things to catch a predator and all your n- latest and newest exciting endeavors. Perfect. I'm Lou Dobbs. A Wall Street sell-off as investors worry about Ukraine. Home Depot sales remain strong. Those stories next. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch to the customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 877-64-BIBLE. That's 877-64-BIBLE. 877-64-BIBLE. President Biden has announced economic sanctions against Russia for its invasion of Ukraine, which he says flagrantly violates international law. In addition, more U.S. troops are headed to the Baltic states on NATO's eastern flank. Germany has reacted by suspending the certification process for the Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline that was to bring natural gas from Russia. That move underscores the huge mistake made by President Biden when he canceled the Keystone pipeline, killing jobs and endangering U.S. energy security. Worried about the Ukraine crisis, investors sent stocks lower today. Stocks selling off, the Dow Jones Industrials plunging 483 points. Home Depot sales remain strong in the fourth quarter as it continues to benefit from a sizzling housing market, but there are concerns over its profit margins. Please join me three times each weekday for my updates right here on this station. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. Freehold Mitsubishi or call 732-863-2788. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. We have rain, we have fog, we have 53 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. Well, New York City Mayor Eric Adams and Governor Kathy Hochul are unveiling the state's new Joint Security Operations Center to combat cybersecurity threats and attacks. This is going to be the nerve center for our cyber operations. We bring all the talent together 
the resources, the data sharing that has been going on in silos for far too long. The lawmakers made the announcement in conjunction with the mayors of Albany, Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse, and Yonkers. The Brooklyn Headquarters Center will be a first-of-its-kind hub for coordinating and streamlining cybersecurity efforts across the state with collaboration among city, state, and federal entities. The governor noted the current uh, geopolitical climate can make New York's infrastructure even more vulnerable. Mayor Adams says New York City is a prime target for cyber attacks, adding the JSOC will take the city's already formidable cyber command, bring cybersecurity to the next level. Subway safety continues to be a concern. Scott Pringle reports on today's MTA board meeting. Transit officers escorted outreach teams to multiple subway lines to engage the homeless on Monday, the first day of Mayor Eric Adams' subway safety plan. MTA Chair Jano Lieber says this plan will pay off with time. We're not going to be able to unravel decades of ineffective policy in a single day or a single weekend, as we found out this past weekend, but with time. Chief of Transit Jason Wilcox says subway robberies are up 87% year-to-date and arrests involving cutting instruments in the system up 84% for the year. Scott Pringle, NBC News Radio, New York. Scott, thank you. Taking a look at the traffic, 15 to 20 minutes outbound at the Holland Tunnel, 5 to 10 inbound. 10 to 15 out at the Lincoln, 5 to 10 city-bound. George Washington Bridge into the city, really not bad, upstairs or down. Rain continues this evening into the overnight hours, and temperatures are going to rise a few degrees to near 60 overnight. Morning showers tomorrow, maybe some fog as well, then sun for the afternoon, high 67. And now you know what's going on. I'm Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. This is Imran Ansari. I am filling in for Arthur Idala, who's probably having a little cocktail on the beach somewhere right now, but spending quality time with his son, which is just wonderful. I had a little quality time with the kids this past weekend uh, on the slopes, uh, the Poconos, where I didn't do any skiing because I'm horrible at it. Uh, but I got to run around and, and chase my little two-year-old uh, around while my wife, uh, my five-year-old daughter, and my siblings were all on the slopes. And my two-year-old was trying to eat dirty sl- snow the whole time. So that was a lot of fun, but it's great to spend some quality time, which, which Arthur is doing. And he's getting a much-needed break because we have an incredibly busy law practice. And then, of course, we are here at AM 970 The Answer uh, bringing you legal news. I have the, uh, the uh, privilege of being with the great Kevin McCullough on Radio Night Live on Thursdays where I uh, chat with him about all things legal. And now I get the great chance to fill in for Arthur Idala. First night jitters. I think I'm doing a, a, a hopefully a good job You're and you guys great. are all listening. And I have a great guest with me tonight. That's Chris Hansen. He is a preeminent journalist. You know him from To Catch a Predator, but he's got so many other things that he's doing. Uh, and he is a eight-time Emmy Award winner. Is that right? Ten. Oh, Look at me! I'm, I got out. I got outdated intel. Outdated intel. Well, ten counting, time. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, I want to talk to you about um, before we talk about what you're up to now and uh, your latest ventures. I, I want to go back to the show, sure. which everyone knows and a lot of people know you from, and that's to catch a predator. Um, how did that start? Well, it's interesting you bring that up because. The first predator investigation we shot was 18 years ago this month in Bethpage, Long Island. So that's how long we've been doing it. We just did a new investigation uh, 
weeks ago, just a matter of uh, two or three weeks ago. And you would think after 18 years that these guys would get the message that this is either law enforcement or us or, you know, one of the many groups which does these stings. And they don't. They still show up. And I think if you take a look back at when we first started, we merely had decoys in chat rooms on AOL and Yahoo. Well, today, there's been an explosion of the number of social media platforms where kids exist and predators can approach them. And the predators have gotten even more intelligent about the way they groom these children. And when you and I were growing up, you know, our parents told us, don't talk to strangers. Good advice then, good advice now. But the problem is, with so much interaction online, and especially during the pandemic, kids were living online, not just for social interaction, but for their uh, fun and for their school classes, actually. The guy who's a stranger on a Wednesday is so adept at grooming that they're not a stranger. They don't seem like a stranger to the kid by the time Saturday rolls around. And there is this potential for an inappropriate contact. And the predators know this. And it's the same with financial predators. You know, we, we saw the the special, the investigative special recently on the Tinder swindler on Netflix. Yeah. You know, they, they work the same way. It's yeah. grooming. But, you know, to go back to your point from the beginning, I mean, since we started... We have exposed uh, nearly 500 men who have been trying to have sex with a young boy or girl. Well, that's incredible. And it's also led to some uh, fundamental changes, right? Exactly. Legislation or? Legislation. I've testified in front of Congress. Um, There have been changes in sentencing. In, in, In the early investigations, the first two we did, we did not collaborate with law enforcement. We did Bethpage, Long Island, and we did a suburb outside Washington, D.C. Now, some of those cases were prosecuted. In the first investigation, a a Brooklyn firefighter surfaced, and he was prosecuted. In the second, we had a rabbi. We had all kinds of people show up, and, and they were prosecuted as well. The police and the FBI picked up these cases. But starting with the third investigation in Riverside County, California, we had the opportunity to partner, to collaborate with law enforcement, and we've done that ever since. We've had to adapt to the changing nature of social media and uh, social media platforms, but the crime is still there. I honestly thought, Imran, that we'd do two or three of these investigations and that nobody would show up. I was a little bit shocked in the very first investigation. I was stuck in traffic driving over there on the Throgs Neck Bridge, and I'm thinking, what if I've just wasted tens of thousands of dollars of the network's money? What if nobody shows up? And with that, my producer calls and said, where the hell are you? <laughs> two guys are scheduled to show up in 45 minutes. And in two and a half days, 17 guys showed up in that investigation. Wow. In, in Riverside, California, we had 51. Incredible. We routinely in an evening have, you know, four or five guys show up just in one evening of doing a, a series of investigations, a series wow. of chats with decoys. So did you have, a, you know, I'm a former prosecutor, sure. I'm an attorney, so, you know, that, I started thinking about that. Did, I mean, have you ever had to testify at a trial? Or? No, and, and we try not to do that for yeah. the obvious reasons. We try to create uh, somewhat of a wall between, you know, journalism and, and law enforcement and prosecution. Yeah. And, and clearly, because of the nature of this, we have to be uh, flexible and we have to adapt. And, and sometimes that line isn't always clear. And I've been criticized over the years for working too closely with law enforcement. And I understand that. But I've always tried to do what is socially responsible and what is ethical 
in terms of seeking some justice for this. And also as a television producer and correspondent, to see these guys walk off twirling an umbrella is very unsatisfying for uh, the audience who's watching. Absolutely. But this started with a phone conversation I had with a reporter friend of mine who asked me about Perverted Justice, the online watchdog group, and if I had heard about this group. And I said, no, what do they do? And he explained it. And at that time, Perverted Justice would put decoys in chat rooms. And if somebody made an approach to a child, and it was clearly a sexual overture and illegal, they would merely post their picture and their information on their website. And I started to think, well, if we could partner with them and use their ability to be a decoy posing as a child online and our ability to wire a house with cameras and microphones, it could be compelling. And that's what we did. And again, we've adapted over the years. Perverted justice is no longer uh, in existence. Its members have gone off to do other things. But we often use law enforcement decoys now, and that ensures the integrity of the case so it's prosecutable. And it also allows us to have the flexibility for me to, you know, talk to these predators and to try to get in their heads. You know, it's easy as a journalist to jump out from behind a curtain or from behind bushes and create 10 seconds of dramatic video. The challenge is to get inside these guys' heads and to get them to talk to you. I mean, just a few weeks ago, we had a guy in an investigation who was a computer scientist an engineer with a major company who's in this house in a suburb of a big city talking to me, explaining why he was there to meet a teenage girl. And obviously the excuses didn't make sense. He was arrested and prosecuted. But, you know, it it, it continues to happen over and over again. And I'm convinced that it will. And because there's no way to create demand reduction, like you talk about a drug problem. We treat it now as an addiction in some yeah. cases as opposed to a, um, an offense where we lock people up. And I think that's good and that's smart. But there's no way to effectively have demand reduction here. So the best line of defense is education, awareness, and the dialogue that we create by doing this show. And I think you know parents need to create that, that, that protection that wall at home to start. And and how do you think parents do that? Because like you're saying, when you started out, there was those chat rooms, AOL, what was Prodigy, I remember all those. Yeah, it was AOL and Yahoo. We once had an investigation in Georgia and the Yahoo chat rooms went down because there was a a fire on the West Coast. We had to stop the investigation (laughs) because we couldn't communicate. The guys couldn't get in touch with us. We couldn't get in touch with them. We said, we have to take a break. Yeah. So, and came or, back the following weekend. What do parents do these days? I think you have parents, all the social media, you have all oh, those it's, apps. It's, it's overwhelming. And so these kids are online more than ever before, and there are more places where predators can approach them. So it starts with an age-appropriate conversation. And as soon as they're online and have the ability to talk to people they don't know in real life, they have to be told that there are adults in this Internet world who will try to trick you. And kids don't like to be tricked. And if you start there and continue the dialogue – up until the point where, um, you know, you have to have a difficult conversation about adults' motives. And if you're going to be on TikTok or you're going to create content, you have to know that men are out there who want this for a different reason than you intend. And we just had the case in uh, Naples where a young woman was creating content on TikTok. She had a fan, a stalker, an adult male, although young, And he showed up at their house in Naples with a shotgun, blew the door open. The father, who was a retired lieutenant from Jersey City, 
had a pistol, shot the guy dead, clean shooting. But, you know, here again, they thought that they were allowing their daughter to do something fun that created a revenue stream. Uh, she wasn't doing anything pornographic. And this guy was stalking her. And it came down to a stand-your-ground shooting incident. Really? I mean, that's it's, it's just incredible now with technology. And you, you kind of have this fear about what are things to come. But, uh, Chris, you, I mean, you've been on the forefront of uh, sort of exposing this, you know, with To Catch a Predator, with your reporting as a uh, crime reporter in many ways, and all the other uh, endeavors that you've gone through. And, and you, you have a lot of exciting things that you're doing right now. You've got, you got a lot of things that are, are, you're working on. Uh, and we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, Chris, I want to keep talking about now what, what what some of the exciting projects you're working on now uh, when we come back. AM 970, The Answer. I'm filling in for Arthur Idala. Keep listening. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Social distancing slows the spread of coronavirus. So if you have a fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going in. More info at coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. New York City's first and only life plan community, River's Edge, will soon be built on a 32-acre campus along the Hudson River, just minutes away from Grand Central and Riverdale. River's Edge, a community for adults ages 62 and up, combines a cosmopolitan lifestyle with the security of knowing that if your health changes, your needs can be met seamlessly right where you live. You have a life plan with easy access to uninterrupted on-site care at no additional cost, no matter how your needs change. River's Edge, your plan for wonderful. Call 844-55-RIVER. That's 844-55-RIVER or visit at riversedge.org. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. Want more? AM 970 The Answer? Go to am970theanswer.com to listen live. Tune in to podcasts from the shows you missed anytime you want. Learn more about our advertisers. Join the AM 970 Fan Club and sign up for events. am970theanswer.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970 The Answer.
listening to the Arthur Idala Power Hour here at AM 970, The Answer. But I am filling in. This is not Arthur Idala. You may recognize that. I am Imran Ansari. I'm filling in for Arthur. Uh, he's away, uh, but I'm having a great time. I got a great guest, Chris Hansen, and that was the Ramones. And I asked our great production assistant, Alex, to pull some great New York City punk rock because growing up, even though I grew up in the suburbs of Jersey, Bergen County, I used to hop buses in high school and hang out uh, at CBGB's with a bunch of my friends because uh, I grew up as a little uh, punk rock kid. Uh, so. All things New York, I had to get some Ramones in there. You heard some talking heads earlier. Uh, and, of course, we had the Rolling Stones, which are uh, an amazing band, Arthur's favorite, but also a favorite of mine, too. Uh, but I'm not going to waste any more time talking about music. I could go on and on. Let's talk to Chris Hansen, who's my great guest here. Chris, we were talking about To Catch a Predator and all the things, uh, you know, what led to, to forming that series, uh, some really great, interesting things, and it really change in legislation, putting a spotlight on a horrible problem of pedophilia and child predators out there uh, and technology and how that could be manipulated by some to do that. What are you up to now? You've got some great things in the hopper. It's a very exciting time, Imran, and thank you for asking. We, we have the podcast, Predators I've Caught with Chris Hansen, which is out now and, and doing very well. And I thought it was time to go back and look at some of the cases of the predators I've caught. And one of the reasons, besides the fact that more kids are online for longer periods of time and exposed to predators now than ever before, I thought it would be a good time for people to have this discussion in a very intense way. And what it has allowed me to do is to go back and immerse myself in these cases and pick them apart and really dissect and analyze each individual case. Now, when these guys walk in, oftentimes I have the transcripts, I have some background, but I'm sort of flying by the seat of my pants to try to establish a dialogue and get inside this guy's mind. With the podcast, I get to go back and look at these things in hindsight and with the benefit of the knowledge I have today and also bring listeners into this world and immerse them in it with me and then take a look at what this guy has been doing since. Has he gotten into trouble again? Has he cleaned up his life, gone straight, stayed out of trouble? What are they doing now? And it's been a fascinating process for me to go through. And and people have responded to it. So that's Predators I've Caught, the podcast. We have the YouTube channel, Have a Seat with Chris Hansen, which now has millions of of uh, views, and, and we have used that to develop a lot of stories for television. And so now on Discovery Plus, we have um, Unseemly, the Peter Nygaard investigation, the fellow whose one of his offices was right on Broadway right. In, in New York here, the fashion mogul, the multi-multi-millionaire who was accused and now pro- being prosecuted for yeah. the rape and, and, and predatory behavior with thousands of women going back 50 years. Onision in real life, an online predator, a YouTube personality who is victimizing and preying on young women online. That became a television series. And, and we've got four or five others in the works. I've got meetings this week which should finalize new television uh, projects. And we even have a digital cable network, a digital network for crime in the works that will revolutionize the way we distribute this sort of uh, crime content. Wow. So it's a very exciting time. And, yeah. you know, I'm, look, I'm very fortunate. I've been doing this 40 years, as I mentioned before. The 20 years I spent at NBC, 
really created a platform for me to go off and do these things where I'm not just the talent, I'm the executive producer, and yeah. I get to collaborate with some really great production companies and people in the television industry. And to, to do this on so many different layers, to have the social media presence, to have the the television presence and the, and the podcast presence, it spawns all kinds of other activity and exposure that makes this a very, very exciting and productive time for me. And Chris, why do you think uh, the true crime genre is so popular? That's a great question. And, and I don't know that I have the complete answer to it, but it is insanely popular. And, you know, I do cameo and, and people respond to that as crime uh, content fans. I go to CrimeCon and thousands of people to turn out to talk about this. Um, we're getting ready to do a speaking tour about it all. And it's, it's just not, it's not just Predator. It's, you know, the story we did in, in Cambodia on Americans going over there to, uh, engage in sex tourism. It's the story we did in China undercover where we exposed counterfeit pharmaceuticals, India with slave labor and, and, um, you know, drug testing on humans that wasn't supposed to be taking place. It's all these experiences wrapped into, um, an interesting story that captivates people. And I think people, if you can take people on a journey of discovery and let them be inside the crime, and I think that's what Predator did, was we took people inside the commission of a felony. They watched it happen live. I was, uh, uh, when I was heading down here to the studio, I was going through material f- for the next podcast I'm recording tomorrow. And I, I just brought me right back to the scene of it five years ago when we ex- exposed this guy. And it was a guy I had known from the commuter train when I used to live in Connecticut, going back and forth. Wow. This guy showed up in a Fairfield County house who I had known from the train. Not a good friend, but yeah. he was there for a 13-year-old boy. Right, right. Wow. You well, know, you know, Chris, I got to, you know, you remind me. Now, I went to Rutgers, uh, right. undergrad. And on your show, uh, I think either right after I graduated, I graduated in 2000, somewhere, you know, some, some point in that right. time frame, uh, I remember that uh, everyone was a buzz because um, there was a guy who was in a frat. He wasn't a, a friend of mine, but I knew him from frat parties where my good friend, my best friend, Eric, he w- was a, a fraternity brother. And I remember Eric saying, wow, you remember this guy? You, you know that show? And sure enough, uh, he, he was, was on, on it. it. And it, it was, was probably yeah. our our Jersey Shore investigation that we did in Manilokan. I think that could have been it. But we were, you know, everyone was like, "Wow, you yeah. know, because and it was." Uh, uh, but you just reminded me of that. Well, people <laughs> always ask him, "On what do these guys have in common?" And and there are common traits, and I think there are three different categories. But my pat answer is they don't stand out of a crowd. It could be the guy standing next to you on the subway or in line at the pharmacy. Or the grocery store on a Saturday morning. We've seen doctors. We've seen rabbis. We've seen uh, law enforcement officers. You know, it, 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 it crosses over all social boundaries. Yeah. And, you know, this show was, was really groundbreaking. And we're talking about, you know, just the true crime genre. And it, like you're saying, it's, it's really fascinating. You know, I, I appear, uh, I host on a, a cable network called Law and Crime, sure. where we do live trial coverage. Yeah. I appear weekly on Court TV, all live trial coverage. And it's amazing how popular even just watching trials you know, Pete, there's uh, people who just sit there all day watching live trials. Oh, yeah. So this is, uh, you know, true crime, well, uh, legal The average news, person you know. can't go into the courthouse 
and watch a trial. I mean, they could if they knew where to go and what right. to do. And they, you know, it's it, they're open to the public for the most part. But to be able to view this and to see a prosecutor lay out the case and the defense lay out their case, it's it's captivating stuff. It's life and death and law and order. Right. You know, Chris, uh, you've been a great guest today. Well, thanks for and, having me. You know, know I appreciate uh, it. Uh, I'm just fascinated by everything you're doing. You know, a lot of exciting, a lot of exciting stuff. The YouTube channel, uh, the podcast, and you know, we're, while we're here in New York, thinking about you know crime almost on a daily basis. Unfortunately, uh, you know what you've done covering crime, uh, bringing the true crime genre to almost another level. Uh, I, I would like to say we as New Yorkers, we want to keep it. On TV, we want to keep it uh, on your podcast. Well, I, we want to keep it I've got, uh, in YouTube. I've got another hundred thousand miles on me for sure, and maybe <laughs> yeah. even beyond that. So I think we'll we're going to keep on moving. We, yeah. we have so much uh, so much in the works, uh, and again, it, it's just a very exciting time. And I don't mean to glorify or exploit, you know, crimes against people, but I do believe deep down that this journey of discovery that I'm able to take people on is important and it's compelling. And I think if you get in the mind of a criminal and understand it and you hear the voice of a victim, you can prevent other people from becoming victims. And that's a big part of what drives all of our projects. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, especially the fact that you've highlighted this problem, you know, and again, parents out there, this is their worst nightmare. Uh, And the safety of, of children is so, so important uh, and you've done a great job throughout your whole journalistic career, uh, Chris, in highlighting that. So, uh, you know, um, and we're excited to see everything that you're doing. Um, and what do you think? What's your take in terms of this initiative now? Well, let's circle back to what we deal with every day. And you say you ride the subway. What do you think? Well, do you I'm going to get on the after, I, th- I think so. I'm optimistic about it. I think just shining a light on it and just assigning, you know, a certain... Uh, percentage of police officers to deal with it and to acknowledge that it's not just a matter of arresting these people. They need help and assistance to get their lives back on track, I think is a win. Yeah. Right? The fact that we're talking about it here on this show, the fact that the mayor of this city uh, is able to focus on it and with his own brand of swagger make it happen, I think it's great. It's positive. Absolutely. Chris, thank you so much for thank joining you. in. And i got to give My a pleasure. shout out to our mutual friend, Vinny Lavier. Absolutely. You know? I got a guy. <laughs> yeah, I got a guy. But thank you for joining me tonight on my uh, maiden voyage as guest host for Arthur Idala. I had big shoes Great to job. fill. Great job. Hopefully uh, I did a uh, decent job here. And coming up next is Kevin McCullough with Radio Night Live. So you guys want to stay tuned because I think I'm coming back on his show on Thursday. But thank you for listening. AM 970, the Idala Power Hour. Just like yesterday Then I'll get on my knees The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.